Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Um, a housekeeping note for the month of February. I will not be here tomorrow night, although I'll post and record. Next week, Monday, Tuesday, I'm out. The next week, Monday, Tuesday, I'm out. And the next week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm out. So I'll keep you posted as things move along. I'll see you all in March. It's going to be great. Somebody should teach this Masechta because I'm done. I'm, I'm checked out now. Well, when you're out, it's yeah. Huh, just about, <laughs> not really. Well, yeah, if you're out for the whole last week of February, it ends on the 29th. I will not be here for that week, yeah. Okay, we are uh, seven lines down on Sadi Hay Amid Aleph. We had spoken about this idea in um, in the Mishnah that Gazal Param Uberas Fiyalda, if a thief stole um, a cow that was expecting. So the Mishnah spoke about the din there. Let's learn a, a correlating brysa. One that we'll see in more depth in Maseches Baba Metziah Tanurabban. Agozel Rachel Ugezaza, someone who stole a female sheep and sheared its wool. Hara Vialda stole a cow, and that animal then had a, a calf. Mishalim Osa, you have to pay the principal. The Ganev, the Goslin, I should say, has to pay both. He has to pay the principal and he has to pay the Shvach. He has to pay whatever improvements took place while it was in his property. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, no, Gzela Choseres Just the initial item that was stolen is given back, but not the Shvach. And then, while seemingly uh, almost an identical opinion, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rowan Osaki Iluhi Shuma Etzlobekesef. We simply view it as a monetary cost, which is a difficult line to understand on its own. And it also seems to be very similar to Rabbi Yehuda, uh, a question that the Gemara will ask on the Amud Beis. And based off of this b'risa, the Gemara asks as follows, my taima de Rav Meir. Rav Meir has a unique shita that if you steal a para and it's uh, and it's pregnant, or if you steal a rachel and it has the wool still on it, that you have to return the shvach as well. So says the Gemara, what is the svara of Rav Meir? Two possibilities. If you want to say that Mishum de that your Kenyan doesn't matter, okay, that's a possibility. Any changes that you make to the item that you stole, and we spoke about this at length yesterday. If you want to say that changes that you make to the item that you stole are irrelevant, then I understand. Okay, there was a change. The changes are relevant. Give back everything. Whatever happens, happens. So if it has a calf while it's in the Goslin's property, then give back the calf too. <laughs> then I understand that. Odilma. Or perhaps, again, we're having a little bit of a chakira within Rav Meir, perhaps we should say that really Ba'alma in general, Dilma Ba'alma Shinui Kona, that really when significant changes happen to the item that I stole, then really the Gazlan is Kona, and really all he should have to do is return the actual principle. However, Vahacha Knasahu de Kakanis. Here, the Chachamim have created a knas, a slap on the wrist, that in addition to returning that which he stole, he's being penalized, and he also has to return the shvach. So we don't know. Does Rav Meir hold that Shinui is kone, or does Rav Meir not hold that Shinui is kone? The Mainaf Kimina, what would the difference between these two approaches be? The Gemara responds, and we're about a third of the way down on Sadi Hayamad Aleph. The difference would be Lahecha de Kachsha Mikachesh. Okay, I could understand if you tell me that the animal um, had a shvach while it was in the property of the gazlan, and we want to slap him on the wrist, so then he has to pay back the shvach. What happens if it's the kachsha mikrash, that the value depreciates in the property of the gazlan? That would be a big difference. If you say that there's a knas, so what happens over here? Really, the gazlan owns it, 
and there's no knas because you're in the minus now. So how would we view this? That would be the difference between these two svaras of whether or not we say shinui is kone or shinui is not kone. And we're going to have two attempts to answer this question. The first will fail. The second will succeed. Says the Gemara, Toshma, third of the way down. Gazal behema v'hizkina. If you steal an animal and then it becomes uh, very aged in your property. And we don't mean, of course, by minutes, but we mean in a depreciative kind of way. Says the Gemara, avadim v'hizkino. Or I steal your Eved and he you know, joins uh, AARP while he is, maybe that's too young. We, should, we, need, that. we need an older. What? AARP is what, like 60? No. 50. 55. 55. It's too young. Lemaisa, in our era, it's too young. Yeah. You got time. It's not 50. I think it's 55. Yeah. Why are we talking about AARP? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. Well, you made it into a conversation. That's uh okay. Uh, and then Avadim Kino, or if you steal my Eved and my Eved significantly ages in your property, Mishalim Kishas Agzela. We look back to the person's value from the time that you stole it. If you stole the Eved on January 1st of 2023, and now it's January 1st of 2053. And now your Eved is 83 years old. You sold him when he was 53 years old. That's a big difference. You pay him for the value that he had on day one, which was now, which is significantly more than a, a person who is less capable. Rav Meir Omer, Be'avadim, when it comes to Avadim, remember, we're trying to figure out Rav Meir. So let's watch his unique parsing of this din. Rav Meir Omer, Be'avadim, in regards to an Eved, Omer lo hareshel chalafanecha. When it comes to an Eved, you give back the Eved as is, at age 83, irrelevant of depreciation. However, when it comes to an animal, then we go back in time. Okay, now we've learned the Brisa, and now we have to analyze the Brisa and see how perhaps this might explain um, how Rav Meir holds as to whether or not Shinui is Kona. Okay, let's... Um... The Gemara is not really going to discuss this at length, but we'll, we'll I mean, it, it does discuss it, but not in Lumdus. We'll, we'll see. Let's get through the argument first. Now, the Isal Kedaitach, if you want to say like one side of the Chakira, that Sava Reb Meir Shinui B'Mekomo Omed, that your changes to an animal are completely irrelevant, then Afilu Behema Nami, then who cares, then who cares about the Behema? Because at the end of the day, the behema, why are you why are you returning the behema at the value of the moment it was stolen? You should give it back as is. If you're saying that there's no difference in the Kenyan, we don't have to look back in time. You just pay as is. El Alav, it must therefore be that Shmamina, Kasavar of Meir Shinui Kone, Vahacha, Knasahu, Dikokonis. It must be that according to this Brisa, that really Rav Meir holds that Shinui is Kone. And really, in our in our brisa at where we started today at the two dots, eight lines down, that brisa where it says that according to Rav Meir, you have to pay the shvach as well, that the gazlan has to pay the shvach and not just the karen. That's because it's a slap on the wrist as discussed before. So that would be an answer to our question. But the Gemara says you've learned the brisa a little bit incorrectly. Amre, Rav Meir, Rav Meir would respond to this. That's not true. Rav Meir, Rav Meir wasn't sharing his own shita. Rav Meir was saying, according to you, the Rabbanan, who just said that first shita in this brisa, 
who had said that the gazal that you have to pay kishasagzela. Rav Meir was pushing back according to their svar. He wasn't saying his own According to me, there is no such thing as uh, as a kinyan. You, you can't make a change that's significant enough. You always have to give back the animal. It says the Gemara, what Rav Meir is saying that according to you, you hold that a shinui does create a kenyan. We have to distinguish between an eved, which is like karka, and a behema, which is not like karka. And that, to Stan's question, is why Rav Meir had to distinguish between an eved and a behema. By an eved, that was what he said because that has a similar din to karka and karka is ain't an exelis. But by the behema, so there, that fits perfectly with the shita of, uh, of the Rabbanon. And therefore, the Rabbanon pushed back and say, Lo, I disagree, Rav Meir, with how you've understood us. Why? Because avda kimetaltale dami. Wow. Okay, so this is a big machlokas. We've seen this before, but we typically assume that an evid is like karka. Over here, we see, in fact, that there's a machlokas as to whether or not an evid has a din of karka, yes or no. And because the conversation has pivoted to this, therefore, this brisa is no longer a good mari makom to answer our question as to whether or not Rav Meir holds of Shinui Kone or Shinui Ein Kono. So let's try again. Tashma, let's say that you go to um, this guy who, who dies things for a living. Uh, and litzvo alo edom utzvao shachor. Not good. You uh, give him your, your fancy cashmere and you say, please dye this. Uh, red, and he makes a mistake and dyes it black. That's not good. Shachor utzvao edom. Or I uh, want you to dye it black, and instead you dyed it red. Better that mistake than the other way. You can get to black faster than you can undo the black. Either way, Rav Meir Omer no lo demei simro. What does Rav Meir say? You have to pay only the cost of the tzemer itself. So let's say the tzemer was $10 worth of tzemer, and he made this, this error in dying. So then you have to pay back the cost of the tzemer. And the Gemara is medayik. simro in, when we talk about the, the payback of the error of the person who's dying, he has to pay back the cost of the wool. But simro ushvacho lo. But he doesn't have to pay back the tzemer and the shvach, meaning now this really is worth more. When it was colorless or whatever the natural color is of, uh, of wool, it was $10. Now that it's dyed, it's worth $15, even though it's a color that I don't want. But here, we're not saying that the guy has to pay back the shvach. And therefore, if you're trying to say within Rav Meir that really there is no Kenyan, then then what we should have seen over here is that Rav Meir would have required that the person dyeing the wool who made this error should pay back not only the principal cost of the tzemer, which is $10, but the new market value, because now it has a color that it didn't before, granted not the color I wanted, but still it's much more expensive or 50% more expensive than it was before. And we don't see that. It must therefore be three-fourths of the way down. It must therefore be the Reb Meir holds that a change of significance is in fact enough for a Gazlan to create a Kenyan. And conclusion, that's how the Gemara actually concludes according to Rav Meir, that Reb Meir holds that Shinui is Kone. Good to know for Shas. Good to know. These things come up a lot. 
And then the Gemara says, really, uh, we might have had the question wrong the whole time. Says the Gemara, Ika de Amre ha lo iboilon mi de apich rav vitani. The brisa that we started with at the top of the page, where we spoke about a gozel, Rachel ugezaza, and paravialda, perhaps that case is actually a little bit different. Um, not that brisa, the, the other one about paravihiskina, excuse me, the brisa about paravihiskina and avadim hiskina. So the Gemara says that really, Rav had a different version of the Brisa than we presented in our Gemara. Says the Gemara, Gazal Paravihiskina, if a man steals a cow and it ages, or Avadim Bihiskino, or steals an Eved and he ages, Mishalim Kshasagzela, Divir Meir. Rav Meir says you have to pay based on the time of uh, the of the theft. The Chachamim Omrim, this is the reverse. Remember, Rav Meir in the previous Brisa distinguished between Avadim and Behema. Here we're flipping the Shitas where the Chachamim make that distinction, and Rav Meir does not. The Chachamim Omrim, Ba'avadim Omer Lo Hareshel Chalafanecha. And there it's a little bit different. So the Gemara says, based on this Brisa, based on Rav's version of the Brisa, the flipped version of the Brisa, the Gemara says, Vada le Rav Meir Shinui Konen. Rav Meir would for sure hold that a shinu is Based on this flipped version, for sure, we understand Rav Meir. But if in fact there's a question, this is the question. And this is what we're going to deal with for the next little bit. Do we say that really the Kenyan takes place? And really the Gazlan only owes the amount of money that was what he stole? But we slap him on the wrist and say, you have to pay the shvach as well. That's what Rav Meir typically holds. But what happens if it's done b'shogek? Hikakon is b'mezid. I understand if you want to give a knas when it was done intentionally. However, aval b'shogek lokonis. Let's say that this action was done b'shogek. Would we still say that there's a knas, that the gazlan has to pay the shvach? Odilma afila b'shogek nami konis. Yes or no? Do we say that mezid versus shogeg is a nafkamina in regards of to the gazlan paying a shvach? The Gemara here presents two answers. Two answers. Here's answer number one. Ten lines or so from the bottom of the page. Tzadi hey amad aleph. Toshma, we have a brisa. Chamisha govin min hamechurarin. There are five who collect from mechurarin properties that are uh, that are chorin, properties that are free, namely properties that don't have a lien on them. We are familiar in halacha with um, properties that are mishubadim. So here we're talking about properties that are not mishubad. And there are five case scenarios where money is collected from leanless properties. What are they? Peros, Ushvach Peros. We'll discuss what those are in the Gemara. ben ishto ubas ishto. One who accepts upon himself to sustain his stepson uh, or his stepdaughter. The get chov, a document of collecting money, she'ein bo achrayis. Um, if there's a get chov, really, this is not how it's supposed to be. Really, when you write a star chov, it usually should be tied to karka. But this person didn't do that. Or v'ksubas isha she'ein bo achrayis. This is really problematic because ksuba really should always be tied to karka as a protective measure to make sure that women are not easily dismissed from their marriages. Nevertheless, this is what the brisa says. This brisa is in Masechus Ksubas. We actually learned this already, even though I don't remember it. The Gemara says, whose shita is this, that you can have a ksuba without a lien? How, how is that safe? How is that the right setup? That doesn't work. Man Who is the shita who says that a star, a star chov that lacks achrayis with karka, who is the person who says that that's not a to sofer? Says the Gemara, 
Rav Meir. That's the sheet of Rav Meir. The Katani, and nevertheless, if this in fact still is Rav Meir, then what do we see? We see that this Brisa says that two of the five things that are collected from properties without a lien are Peros or Shvach Peros. Now, we don't know what these are yet. Peros, we kind of know. What are Shvach Peros? Remember, that's what we've been discussing, and that's what we're trying to figure out, is do we say that there's a difference between Shogig and Mezid as it relates to Shvach Peros? So says the Gemara, what is that second example of five things that are collected from leanless properties? Shvach Peros Hechidami, says the Gemara. Kigon Shegazal Sadeh Mechavero. I steal your field. We should already have a yellow alarm going off in our head, which is that how do you steal karka? Karka is ainanigzelis, and we're going to discuss that in a minute. But let's say that there was a, a I stole your field, whatever that means, and then I steal your field, and then I sell it vihishpicha, and while it's in the, the the buyer's property, the price goes up yado, and then. Um, and then the person who actually owns the property found out and wants to get it back. And Kshehu Gove, when the actual owner collects, what does he collect? Remember, we're talking about Rav Meir here, turning to the top of Tzadi at Beis. We'll be going until about 15 lines from the bottom of the page. The Gemara says, Gove sakeren minichasim mishubadim. The principal cost we collect from properties with a lien However, but when we're collecting the shvach, the growth, the appreciation that took place after the ganif sold it to another person, that's collected from a property that's ben choren. And what we see over here is that in this case, that you're collecting from a property that's ben choren, you're collecting the shvach from there, that's when the original owner collects it. Now, as mentioned, this is a, all on a, this is a house of cards. You can't even steal property. You can't steal karka. Karka is ainanigzelas. So says the Gemara, my love, based on the fact that we know that karka is ainanigzelas, must we be talking about, or I should say, we must be talking about be'am ha'aretz, de lo yada de karka nigzelas, o ainanigzelas. It must be like, I don't know, like one of us who thinks we know what we're talking about. You know, we're like, what do you mean? Karka is ainanigzelas. And this guy, the Amha Aretz, who's sitting there holding there, he didn't know if it was Karkain and Ixelas. Even though that was true, and this was the Shogeg, he made a halachic Shogeg, right? It's not like he accidentally stole. He stole, but the flow of events was under a faulty assumption that Karka was Nixelas. And even so, So perhaps we can learn from here that even in the case of Shogeg, that Knas would be connected, would be collected, excuse me, Amri, the Gemara says, lo, that's not a, a, not a good uh, psaq, but rather, belokeach talmud chacham v'yada. The gzela was, was still a gzela uh, in, in, a, in, a, in, in some way, because he sold it to somebody else. It wasn't a gzela that related to the karka, but he literally sold your property to another person. But it was a house of cards in a certain way as well. So he's kind of a little bit in both worlds. But the, the mis the mis the misunderstanding of the din of karka ain and exelis, it's a weird shogig. Okay, it's a weird shogig, but that's what the Gemara is referring to here. It's a shogig to try and bring out this idea. And the Gemara says that no, that really we're talking about Belokeh Talmud Chacham Viyoda. He knew that it was karka ain and exelis. He knew that. And therefore you cannot learn from this case. So let's try from the second case. Six lines down, seven lines down on Sadi Hayam at base Toshma. Let's go back to the Brisa we saw on the previous Amut. We saw Brisa Litzvoa Lo Edom Utzva O Shachor that if 
Um, I asked you to dye my wool red, and you mistakenly dyed it black, or the reverse. You just have to pay the cost of the $10 of wool that I gave you. Now, remember, this was a case of shogig. The guy who was dyeing the wool, Pasha made a mistake. He looked at the wrong order. He thought the Karish order was supposed to be red. It wasn't the Karish order. It was the next person in line. I get phone calls every year. Hi, is this Rabbi Karsh from Northbrook? I get phone calls like that every few months. It's just a push at a mistake. So what do you do? So says the Gemara, If you want to say that with Shogeg, that there is a Knas, then then we should have seen over here where it was a clear as day Shogeg. He wasn't, Lahach uh, is dying at the wrong. He made a mistake. He made a mistake, but we don't see that. Elolav, it must therefore be shmamina the mezid kanis b'shogeg lo kanis that the only time we have the knas uh, making the gazlan pe shvach that's only if the act that he did was b'mezid. But b'shogeg lo kanis shmamina end of sugya. So we had two possible questions in the Gemara, and we ended up with answers to both of those questions. We had said in our uh, in one of the earlier brises that we saw today on Sadi Hayamid Aleph, and we're going to now quote it. This really kind of sort of should be a two dots kind of a deal. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Gzela Choseres Be'ene. Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that the Gzela just goes back, the Karen basically just goes back. And then we quoted a similar Shita that was seemingly just a hand to glove match to Rabbi Yehuda, that Rabbi Shimon Omer, Roan Osaki Iluhi Shuma at Slobekesef, that we measure it by dollars. So again, both of those seem to say we just give back the Karen. Asks the Gemara a third of the way down, my Be'naihu, what is the difference between them? Says the Gemara, the difference between these two shitas of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon is Amar of Zvid, Bishvach She'al Gabe Gzela Kamiflagin. We're talking about a case of Shvach She'al Gabe Gzela. What is that talking about? That's talking about where all of the improvement took place in the property of the Gazlan. He didn't steal a pregnant cow and he didn't steal a, 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 a sheep that was laden with wool. It all happened after the theft. So that's different. There, Rabbi Yehuda Savar the Nigzal Habe. That's considered to have been stolen. Reb Shimon, Reb, that, that's considered to belong to the Nigzal, the one who was stolen from. Reb Shimon Savar de Gazlan Habe. That those changes belong to the thief. Okay, that's answer number one. Rav Papa Amar, Alma Shvach Shal de Gazlan Habe. Everyone agrees that the Shvach really belongs to the Gazlan. Pasha, because nothing, that's not what he stole. If the animal was impregnated after it was stolen, it, 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 it didn't happen in his property. The conception happened later. So that's why everybody says, according to Rav Papa, everybody agrees that the Shvach Sha'al Gabig Zela, that if the Shvach took place only in the property of the Gazlan, that it for sure goes to the Gazlan. Here we're dealing with something else. And that is that typically speaking, when there are multiple parties involved with Shvach, let's say I hire you to work my field. And while you're working my field, there's Shvach, I give you a percentage of the Shvach as payment. So maybe that's what's going on over here. The, that Rav Yehuda Savar, we're about a little bit more than a third of the way down. Rav Yehuda Savar, Shvach Shal Gabek Zeh Lakula 
Yakula de Gazlan Habe, that really all of it, 100% of the Shvach goes to the Gazlan. It just depends on what you negotiate, but he certainly doesn't own all of it. He only, get, he only gets a percentage. Now we're going to ask on the difference between the answers that we just saw, the answer of Rav Zvid and Rav Papa. Let's review. Rav Zvid was of the opinion that everyone agrees. Uh, I'm sorry, Rav Zvid was of the opinion that the Machlokas is about whether or not the Shvach belongs to the Nigzal or if the Shvach belongs to the Gazlan. Rav Papa said that everything belongs to the to the Gazlan. The only question is, is he like a partner in that he only pays a percentage? He only keeps a percentage or does he keep it all? So it's not. We have a Mishnah. Gazal para benis abra yelda. You stole a para from me. It was not pregnant. And then it conceived while it was in your property and had a calf. Or Rachel, that was sheared in my property, Vinit Anna, it became laden with wool in your property, Etzlo, Ugezaza. So then says the Gemara, Mishalem Kishas HaGzela. The halacha is that the Gazlan has to pay back the Gzela. This matches with what we were saying because all the changes took place in the property of the Gazlan. So what does he have to pay? Pasha, he only has to pay what he stole, which is not this new version. Yalda in. If the animal gave birth, that is when we will say that the animal belongs to the Gazlan. But let's say that the animal didn't yet give birth. The animal conceived, but by the time Bezdin figured out who stole and it was time to give back, then the animal had yet to give birth. Lo yolda hadrabeina. You have to give back the animal as is. Now, Bishlam al Zvid, this works out nicely according to Rav Zvid, to Amar Shvach al Gabigzela din Nigzal Habe, the one sheeta says that it actually belongs to the Bailim, because look what's happening, you're giving back the pregnant animal. Uh, that's Habe, Habe, that's the Rav Yehuda. Um, yeah, correct. Amar Shvach al Gabigzela din Nigzal Habe, the Rav Yehuda, Hamani Rav Yehudahi. That works out beautifully according to Rav Yehuda. According to Rav Papa, who says that there is no machlokes uh, about this, that everything belongs to the Gazlan Hamani, Lo Rabbi Huda Rab Shimon. Nobody seems to, to to hold this way according to Rav Papa's understanding of Rav Shimon and Rabbi Huda's machlokes. So Amar Lach Rav Papa, and we have about six more lines to go. Who adin afilu lo yalda nami No. Really, even if the animal had yet to give birth but was still pregnant, it still uh, should be paid back. It should still be paid back at the cost of the animal before it conceived, but right the moment it was stolen. The only reason why it says Yalda was not to make a diuk from like we just made, but I did the Nasiv Resha Yalda, Nasiv Seifa Nami Yalda. It was only for the sake of symmetry, as we often say by Mishnayas and Brises, that they were written in a way that was easier to remember. And Tanya Kavase, the Rav Papa, we have a Brisa just like this, which shows us that the word Yalda should not be inferred from. The Gemara says, Tanya Kavase, the Rav Papa, Rav Shimon Omer Rowan Osa, Kiilu Hishuma, Etzlob Bekesef, Lemechzelishlish, Velervia. That Rav Shimon was of the opinion that we view this animal as though there's a Shuma, as though we make an approximation, namely there's some kind of partnership ish kind of thing going on. And the Gazlan is holding on to the Shvach, he either gets paid Lemechzelishlish, Velervia. So that's how we uh, try and navigate uh, the this question of the Gemara um, and trying to figure out. The machlokas between Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Shimon, we gave two different approaches, one of Rabbi Zvid and one of Rav Papa, and both of them seem to seem to stand the test of time. We'll stop right here. We'll pick up Emir Tashem tomorrow night in a recording, no shir tomorrow night in person, and we'll post before the learning time. And uh, that's it. Wishing you all a beautiful night.